Hey y'all, hey, welcome to Where's My Blueprint Podcast, where we talk about all things adulting, our experiences as three Black women on this amazing journey of living our best life, trying to support each other as we figure out this ghetto world of adulting. I am joined by my amazing co-host, Nay and Sunny D. Hey honeys, I'm Nay, your virtual homegirl who thoughts on almost any and everything. Also, full-time parent, and sometimes you may hear my little one in the background of this podcast. Lo siento, I am sorry. To me, adulting is a game of whack-a-mole. Once you think you have one thing conquered, something else pops right up. Hey everyone, it's Sunny D. And to me, adulting is choosing to be your best self while that laundry piles up and the dogs chew on your good shoes. Yo, this is your girl, Nakai, and I'm your host of Where's My Blueprint Podcast. I randomly burst out in song, love ice, and think adulting is a beautiful storm of I get to do what I want to do mixed with what the hell did I sign up for? Thanks for joining us. Now let's get to the episode. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to Where's My Blueprint Podcast, where we deliver entertaining, educational, and some inspirational thoughts and comments all about adulting. Y'all, we are so excited that we just dropped something new, um, and we are excited that y'all can be a part of it. Sunny D, tell them what it is. Hey, friends. Can't get enough of Where's My Blueprint Podcast? Join our free VIP community for exclusive WMB content, including a brand new newsletter, bonus episodes, and so much more. You can sign up for free by clicking the VIP is a place to be button in our link tree in the bio of our Instagram at Where's My Blueprint Pod. Can't wait to connect with you. And Nay has something to tell y'all too about some topics. So guys, you know, we come up with all of the content, but this is y'all's podcast too, uh, to some extent. So please, if you have any other topics that you want us to delve more into, any topics you want to hear our takes on, because you know, we keep it popping hot out for here. Email us at wmbpod at protonmail.com or hit up that little drop box on our website at where'smyblueprintpod.com. Once again, you can email us at wmbpod at protonmail.com or drop us a little comment, a little note, a little suggestion at where'smyblueprintpod.com. So I don't know about you, but this week has been weakened for me. And I'm gonna say week has been weakened, life has been lifened, and I'm just trying to figure out when do I get a breath? How did you turn a not so good day or experience around for the better this week? I had a relatively easy going week this week. So Lord knows I'm grateful for that. But I did have some news that will kind of like affect our household this summer. So with that, I just reminded myself of what my capabilities are. And I know that we'll be fine. It's nothing, you know, serious or or anything like that, but it definitely is going to change some things. But I just had to say, you know what? You did it once, you do it again, piece of cake. So that definitely made the rest of the week a bit easier to breathe in that aspect. For me, I turned a <laughs> not so good situation of me learning that at my position that training has to be approved. Like all training has to be approved by your director, even if you're trying to, or your upline, even if you're trying to, you know, basically learn on your own if that makes sense I know the look I know so (laughs) 
girl. So how I turned that around for the better of the week, one, reaching out to two of my friends who are in manager, like they are higher, high, high, high up, like senior directors and senior managers in their companies. And so I told them the scenario. It's not a scenario. I told them what happened <laughs> and asked them for advice of like, I need to see this from another perspective because my perspective is if I have an employee that's trying to better themselves and learning and going to trainings, by all means do it. <laughs> like, thank you. Get better. Help me help you help yourself. But one of them was like, yeah, I get that. But it's always, you know, that the the control, but not control, but it's really control, but it's not control, but it's really control. Uh, I just need to know where you are and you just need to tell me. And I'm like, but don't we have calendars for that? But yeah, but how I turned that into a better experience, learning from what I needed to know from different perspectives and then taking what I needed to then transition that into, okay, this is how this person needs me to maneuver, do what she says, maneuver her way. Let's keep going because we have to think like, and I don't know about y'all audience, but I realize like not all jobs is my end all be all. Like I, I'm not going to be in this job for 25 years. Like I know that about myself and I can verbalize that I won't be here for 25 years. One, 25 years is a long time to be in one place in one position with no upward movement. So <laughs> with that being said, um, my friend, the advice she gave me, she was like, just play the game right now. Like you are already what's called a corporate villain. So play the game. You already got a target on your back. Stop giving them ammunition <laughs> to shoot at you. Just play the game. Keep going. And I was like, you know what? All right. We're going to make this like the 48 laws of power. If you read it, you know what I'm talking about. So game on. It's crazy. You have to have like approvals for self-development like that. That doesn't make any So I have to ask you to improve on myself. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> the side eye. <laughs> But with that, you were cracking me up. Y'all, Sunny D and these facial expressions. <laughs> I'm here for them right now because she like the side eye she has given. And I know it's not to me, <laughs> but this side eye is that hard side. It, that side eye is like the uh, Beyonce lyric. <laughs> like, or was it the Jay-Z lyric? One of them was like, I felt the side eye in my sleep. <laughs> That is what's happening right now. Um, so that leads us in today in our topic today with our either or either room temperature wine at all times or wine with ice at all times. I'm going to have to go with room temperature because watery wine is weird to me. It's not an option. It's either or I'm well aware, but I prefer it to be chilled as opposed to having ice in it. But since that's not an option, like give me room temperature wine. I do feel like though, for some reason, room temperature wine I feel like affects me more like I be feeling it after like a glass but I don't have that same effect when I drink wine that's chilled somehow I don't have no idea what the science behind it is but I had a glass of wine the other day and I told my husband I was like oh it was just me in the house with the dogs eating wine and pizza living my best life and I got up and almost lost myself <laughs> and I only had a glass of wine I was like oh dear of the two I'm gonna have to go room temperature I'm gonna say the same room temperature because because it literally said room temp temperature wine at all times. I can chill my glass in the freezer and have my glass chilled and then pour my wine in the cool, cold glass. So I still have chilled wine. But I, what you said, like, why? Because like when you're drinking anything cold, it takes time because your body has to warm it up, right? But if you're drinking something warm, like even drink at room temperature water, anything warm at room temp, your body can just absorb it. It doesn't have to warm it up to be like, hey, wait a minute, we got 
to warm you up. Hence why people drink cold water and they're like, but your body has to warm up that liquid to then process it effect more effectively. Yeah, I was I was just about to say, like, that's probably why they tell you when you are dehydrated or when you're doing some sort of physical activity to not drink like ice cold water, to drink room temperature water. And that's probably why, because it absorbs in your body. And you can get hypothermia by drinking like a lot of cold water really quickly, which is wild. So yeah, that's probably the same science behind it. That's so interesting to me. So we both like our room temp uh, wine for this either or. <laughs> See, I know we have a quote of every single episode. Today's quote is, not all girls are made of sugar, spice, and everything nice. Some girls are made of sarcasm, wine, and everything fine. Uh, it's me. I'm some girls, okay? Like, you saw me with all of, listen, I can, I may be able to hold my tongue, but I can't hold this face. So, sorry. But I am very fluent in the language of sarcasm. I, I consider myself to be bilingual in that fact. And she is me. I am her. Well, we agree on that. <laughs> and I'm going to say the same thing like kudos to the girls that are made of sugar and spice and everything nice y'all are so awesome however she is not me and me is not her and me and she do not go that route because as Sunny D said like I, what I have noticed with all three of us you me and Nay probably one thing that brings us together is our sarcasm like between our wit and our sarcasm and our side eyes what it says birds will flock flock together <laughs> So I am definitely that. And plus, like to me, wine, that's just my thing. Like I'm not a go-to, if y'all listen to our previous episode about alcohol and spirits of top chef or bottom chef, like I'm I'm, I'm not a go-to that person. But if you give me a good wine, thank you. I'm, my, my night is going to be great. Sorry, I forgot. I had a thought when you said something and then you get to talking about top and bottom and my brain left. <laughs> Oh, well, y'all, we are excited because we, as y'all probably noticed, we really like wine. Y'all, there is this wine that I really, 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 really love. And we'll talk about that later. But wine is to me like amazing and everything. So as y'all know, probably, probably by now, we are some wine lovers and we love wine and wine is our thing. And I remember my first sip of wine and I was like, yeah, this is nasty. <laughs> Cause it was a red Cabernet and you got it. That's a, that's a wine that you have to develop. Didn't know that. But then, um, I remember my, um, I felt like I was in college. I won't say her name, but, uh, Sunny D, you know, her gave me like the cupcake or some type of cupcake wine. And it was really, really sweet. And I was like, Ooh, I can do wine. This is good stuff. So I'm learning more. My, my palate is more sweet than I guess, bitter, dry, dry. Yeah. The drier I'm learning, but I have appreciation of the dry when it comes. So I'm like more sweet or semi-sweet. That dry, but I'm like, hold on. Because I feel like the dry is a lot more um, potent too. But maybe that's just me. When was your first sip of wine? I was thinking about this. I don't remember. I know, listen, I'm telling you now, it was before I was 21. However, it was because of communion because my saved and sanctified mother had us do communion, like old school communion, not like your Welch's grape juice and a tasteless cracker. No, no, no. That's what they give you at church. We were at home she has like a communion set. She has it to this day, mind you. And you know how they have like those small miniature bottles of wine? She had the little, she had yeastless bread because that's how communion was done once upon a time. The first communion was yeastless bread and actual wine. And for whatever reason, she picked Merlot, which why? <laughs> 
why? And I tried it and I was like, this cannot be what they was drinking at this wedding because what is this? <laughs> Terrible. Please give me the grape juice. I am not, I am too young for this. I don't have a mortgage. Like this is just way too grown for me. And I just, I couldn't get with it at all. So I absolutely remember not liking wine and not understanding why people drink it. I also remember my high school boyfriend's mom, no offense, but she lived at the bottom of a bottle of Merlot. And she always had a glass in her hand. <laughs> she was living her best life. And I was like, okay. But yeah, I definitely was like, I don't understand the hype. I don't get why people would drink this terrible beverage. And it reminds me, I don't know if you've seen The Big Bang Theory, but there is an episode where Sheldon and Amy are on the train. I think it's like for Valentine's Day. And Sheldon's being Sheldon. He's doing his ridiculous thing. And so he drinks a glass of wine and he's like, ooh, grape juice that burns. <laughs> Every time I see this scene, it cracks me up because that was really like my first thought when I've had a, like a sip of wine. And I was like, why does this hurt? <laughs> Not good. <laughs> Don't like it. So that's definitely my first experience with it. I do find it interesting though, because you said something about sweet wines being kind of your palate. And I think that's where my entry into really exploring the world of wine as an adult is, you know, taking something that, that tastes similar to juice. Okay. Let's be real. Something that, that tastes like flavor wise, it tastes good. It's familiar. Like sweetness is familiar. So that's definitely been kind of like the gateway, <laughs> so to speak, into me exploring and expanding my palate. So of the sweet wines that you've had, do you have a favorite? My favorite would be, um, it's called Ghost Rider. And I found it when I was in Bromfels. Girl, yes, write it down, girl. Cause it's, it literally tastes like a chocolate covered strawberry. Yes. I found it when we went to New Braunfels and um, it's technically the little city called Green and like it's where George Strait has his like dance hall and stuff like that but they have this really really cute winery so you can do tastings and one of them they tell you to taste the Ghost Rider last because it's so good but also because most people when they taste it they leave it home with bottles and bottles and bottles so um, me and my ex when we went there the first time and we tasted it I was like okay this is nice this is nice and then they were like, okay, you ready for the best one? And I was like, I mean, they've been okay so up to, you know, they're still part of, you know, now. I didn't tell them that, but that's what I'm thinking. And then um, they give us the Ghost Rider. It's smooth. The flavors are amazing. And the way it was like, the smell was great. I was like, I'm not even a wine connoisseur. <laughs> That, I want to say, I left with like five bottles of that and was like, okay. So anytime, like, I know somebody's going to green or going that way, I'm like, hey, can y'all just make a pit stop at green and bring me back my ghost rider on? But I just learned that there's only, I think it's two stores and up here where I am now that sells it, but they sell it for twice the price. No, 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 no. Because you can buy a full bottle, I think in green for like 27 to maybe $30, but theirs is like almost 45, 50. And I'm like, all right, inflation is behind now. So yeah. I definitely took the hip-hop route into my wine journey, if you will. We can thank Drake for that because Moscato lives very abundantly in this home. And my favorite is, oh, I can't remember how to pronounce it. Castillo, Casta, Casta. We gonna find, I'm gonna find it and I'm gonna put it in, we're gonna put it in the blog. That's my favorite one. This is what pisses me off about wine though, because I'm gonna get this bottle at the store, even the gas station for 15, 16, 
16, 17 bucks, right? It's not inexpensive. I mean, it's relatively inexpensive in the grand scheme of wines of the world. It's really inexpensive. But for, you know, just household consumption, it's kind of mid, anywhere from like 15 to 30, 40. That's kind of mid, in my opinion. When you go to a restaurant and you want to have like a glass of wine for dinner, that glass is probably only six ounces and costs like 10, 12 bucks for the glass. And it annoys me greatly. Some of your in- more inexpensive ones will maybe be, you know, $8 a glass, $9 a glass or something like that. But it annoys me when I know I recognize these bottles on this list. I read the wine list all the time. I see these bottles and I'm like, I can get this at the gas station for $15 for <laughs> a bottle. It pisses me off, which is why I always end up getting a cocktail. When we, like when I go out to dinner, I'll always give me a cocktail or something. Very rarely will I get like a glass of wine unless I'm doing maybe Italian or like steak because I'm like, my mind can't compute spending the same amount of money for an entire bottle of wine just for a glass at a restaurant. Make it make sense because it doesn't to me. It annoys me greatly. But Moscato, like I said, lives very rampant in our home. We have been journeying into red wines. Of the red wines that you've had, do you have one that you're maybe interested in trying or maybe isn't that bad or even a sweet version of a red wine? Have you tried any of those? Um, Well, Ghost Rider is a red wine. So it's a red. Um, So that's my favorite, obviously. But there's another one that's at Costco. I don't know the name, but I know it has a cute little bulldog on it with two X's. And it's one of Costco's. So Costco, if y'all aren't familiar, it's one of the largest wineries, if we think about it, because they not only have an abundance of wine, but they also have people come in and rate their wine. So you're able, and they give you like different points and things like that of like, this is how many points this wine is and everything. So this one was introduced to me one because I was just literally just looking, going through the winery and I call it a winery. And looking through and I'm like, man, this is so many wines and I want a wine, but I don't want to spend like so much money on it. And one of the guys was like, oh, what are you looking for? I call them crew members who work at Costco. Was like, what are you looking for? I was like, I need a wine, but like really good because I'm making some pasta tonight, but also good to take the edge off because I had a hard day dealing with these people. And he was like, oh, well, have you tried this one? And I was like, why are you trying to sell me this? Like, do you like this? Have you tried it? And he was like, well, I don't drink. And I said, well, how are you going to tell me if it's good or not, if you don't drink? Like, it doesn't make no sense. And so he was telling me like their point system and everything, how that goes. And the wine was like only $8. And I'm like, so you're trying to give me some cheap wine, what you're trying to say? Like, you think I can't afford the good stuff? And he was like... You know me. He was like, no, no, ma'am. This is just one that's the one that's really popular right now. And I'm like, okay, I'll try it. Why not? If I don't like it, it's Costco. You can always bring it back open or whatever. So finish cooking, da da da. Go home. Bruh. When I say, <laughs> I ended up having two glasses of that one and then went back the next day and was like, okay, I do like this. Give me three bottles. And so that is my go to one. Have I have a red that I want to try? I don't know because I'm not into like going into, like, I think I will have to go to a wine tasting to really see, like, oh, this one or that one or this one or like understand the background and the history of wine and like what makes this wine a little bit better than this wine. So is there any reds I want to try? I kind of want to try them all because I don't know what I should and shouldn't be trying. 
So audience, if y'all know some things that I need to be trying, please tell me because believe me, I am here for it and I'll try them. Uh, yes, please send us recommendations. We're trying to be mature over here. I really have fallen in love with Stella Rosa's line of wines. They have a few different white wines. They have rosés. They have reds, of course. They have a bunch of flavors, pineapple, mango, peach, honey, watermelon, strawberry. Like <laughs> they have so many. I've tried them all. They have so many different ones, but my absolute favorite of theirs is Stella Rosa Black, which is a red wine. Listen, we buy that by the bottles in this home. It is so good. It is so freaking good. Oh, I can't even. And there's probably people that may listen to this that are way more experienced in the wine world than we are. And they're like, y'all need to stop drinking that fruit juice and get you some Cabernet <laughs> or something. I don't know. But listen, in this house, we like Stella Rosa Black. I'm sorry. It's delightful. It's really good. I got, when my last job, we had like a secret Santa thing. And I ended up with a bottle of, and I never know how to say this. It's Cabernet Sauvignon. Sauvignon Blanc. <laughs> you gotta do the hand while sure you say it. <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's a Cabernet something or other. And he was raving about it. It's so, so good. And I've seen ratings on it. And it is Tableau is the brand. And they have a, a bunch of different variations, like, like different wine types or whatever. But I've had this bottle of wine for like two years in the kitchen. And I'm just like, because I know it's drier than what I am used to. Also, why is stuff dry when it's wet? I never understood this. Like these are the, these are the things about like the wild world that I just don't, I don't get the language. I mean, I know now, I know what that means, but it still bothers me. It's like, oh, this is dry. And I'm like, this is literally liquid. What are you talking about? Anyways, I'm going off on a tangent, but I want to try it. I've had a Cabernet before. This particular one that I can't pronounce begins with an S. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I've had it before at a wine tasting and I was like, okay, I can see where this could possibly fit into, you know, our palate, kind of fit into meals or whatever. I get it. Not all of them are the same because I've had the same types and other brands and I'm just like, I don't like it. But at tastings, I'm like, okay, I get it. You know, they also have palate cleansers, which I think are helpful when you're tasting wines because you're tasting just the wine like itself and not what you ate for breakfast or the coffee you had earlier. Like your taste buds are mixing stuff together. You know what I mean? So I encourage everybody to do wine tastings because they are a lot of fun and they're very like informative and educational and you can kind of get a little tipsy. Although you're not supposed to drink it, they tell you to spit it out, but don't, don't nobody ever do that. Especially if it's good, I'm not spending it out. But you get little buckets on the side where you're supposed to, because it's supposed to be an experience. Anyway, it's a whole thing, depending on where you go. Some people are just giving you stuff and you just shoot it. But yeah, I'm I'm nervous to try it. I don't know how it'll be. I feel like wines that have a cork are like legit versus the ones that have a twist top. We are very much a twist top wine family. <laughs> We are very much a twist top wine family in this home. And I feel like when we get a bottle of wine that has a cork, it's like, oh, this is like for real. This is like real wine. But it's like, if it's a twist top, I'm like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> Stella Russell Black is a twist top FYI. Uh, but yeah, I do we do have like a cork opener just for that. But I haven't opened it because it's a cork and I'm like, I feel like this is like a really serious moment and I just haven't like tried it yet. But maybe when we do like a steak or something or like a really nice hearty, you know, meal or something like that, we'll pop it open. I feel like it's not something we'll drink with like tacos. 
I think it's so funny because my thought of the court is that like, so this is my theory. When we first started drinking, even when we were in college, everything was a cork. Even gas station stuff was a cork, right? And what sucked is that if you did not have somebody who knew how to take that damn cork out, that stuff would just start... <laughs> Going into the wine and no one, you had to drink the whole bottle because putting the cork back in was more, <laughs> more frustrating than it wasn't. And so, um, yes, it was like shredding in the bottle and everybody's like, I want that. That's something floating in my wine. <laughs> So my thought process and my theory is people kept complaining that there was the cork was a problem. So they were like, okay, well, how do we fix this? We'll put a screw top on it. Because think about traveling. And I think about like our mindfulness retreat, right? We had so many bottles of wine and alcohol. One of the bottles was a cork. No, not, neither of us had a corkscrew. And luckily the lady left us a bottle of wine too with a corkscrew. Cause we were like, how we bring bottles and nobody bring a corkscrew. <laughs> But it's also like in today's time, who really has a corkscrew at the house? Unless you like find the more, like you said, the fancies, so the living books, you know, bottles and things that are aged and you got a whole entire, like, what is it called? A wine cellar in your house. Cause I'm like, what's the difference between the corkscrew and the, the twist top? Don't they keep them both fresh until I pop it open? I mean, but the corkscrew, I could put that back and put it back in the refrigerator. It does make me wonder though. I wonder if the transition to more bottles or types of wines, having a twist top is for accessibility because like 25% of like black Americans drink wine. I couldn't tell you the percentage of those people that have quality corkscrews, mind you. Okay, so like the the kitchen like kitchen accessory kit that you get at Walmart or Target or something that comes with your pizza cutter and your potato peeler and it has like that funky ass screw, like corkscrew thing that's made of plastic that will break in your cork, speaking from experience. <laughs> It is not high quality at all. That is crap, okay? Don't, that's just for show, okay? Don't use us. That's just for show. I actually got us a cork set. It's like a, a thing you put on the thing. It's not electric. I do have an electric one. But if it's a full thing, it comes with a little foil cutter that you swivel around the top of it that pops up the foil off to get to the cork and then you pop it. Like it's a whole thing that comes in the box with pieces, all kinds of stuff. We got that, like, I think at like Total Wine or something like that, where they have like full bar accessories. That's the type of cork opener you need okay and a lot of people I feel like I feel like a lot of black people don't have those types of tools but what we do have is two hands and we know how to pop a top so I feel like that definitely helped with the influx of being able to offer wines that are easier to open <laughs> so that people can enjoy them and I feel like a lot of them I saw were like Moscato because music told us that's what we needed to drink same thing with Nuvo we was drinking Nuvo for years <laughs> I saw a bottle of Nouveau as specs and I was like, this don't make sense. I'm done with this. And I think that's a good or a good point that you brought up is accessibility. So like, as we know, some people may not have the function of their hands to actually screw, you know, um, to get into the cork. But if I have an accessible tool or assessive, assessive, Lord Jesus, an assistive device is what I'm trying to say. An assistive device that can actually just unscrew things. That's easier than me trying to figure out, I want this bottle of wine, but it's a corkscrew and I may not have the functionality or like even thinking about older people who may have carpal tunnel in their hands and can't screw, you know, because I know now they have an electric corkscrew thing that you just press a button, but I'm thinking, yeah, you just go like, boop, 
pop. And I'm thinking of that because like, as for me and the position I'm in now, and just thinking of like, just people in the world, is like everyone doesn't have the same functionality to do, to screw this whole entire thing. And plus, if I'm being real, I don't have the, the muscles. I don't have the arm strength. <laughs> Cause that takes a lot to keep screwing and screwing and screwing. And I'm like, by the fourth screw, I'm done. If this ain't popped, I'm not drinking this. Also with, with those types of core screws, you have to put it, it has to be in the right position to go right down the middle, screw through the middle of the cork to then pop it back out. If you go in at any sort of degree angle, you're chipping away at the cork. That's how you get pieces in your wine. And at this point, you just got to get a knife and like cut it out. Like it's ratchet. Like it's ridiculous. Like you definitely have to have a skill set for that. And I'm well aware that that is not my ministry, which is why I got the little cork opener thing that we have. It literally pops on the top. There's like a little lever that pops into the cork at the exact angle and pops right out. Like super simple, super easy. I had an electric one, but that thing kept dying on me. But but yeah, like super simple for that because opening a, bottle, a corked bottle of wine is challenging, which is why if you take a bottle of wine on a cruise they charge you a $15 corking fee if you want to have that bottle of wine at dinner it's probably because these bitches is hard to open I'm going to charge you for opening it which is why we take the screw tops when we go on vacation because I'm not paying you $15 to open my own bottle okay so I found this I can't remember if this was an article or if this was maybe something that came up on search or something but is Olivia Pope responsible for black winemakers and the increase of black winemakers because let me tell you something I found myself getting more into wine and popcorn while watching Scandal because who doesn't sit down with a glass of wine and live their best Olivia Pope life? It is me. I am her. We are the same. Okay. And I found it really interesting that the type of wine glasses she had, there's different types of wine glasses, FYI. They're different shapes. One is for white, one is for champagne, one is for reds. They're stemless. Some have stems. It's it's a whole, listen, it's a whole world of wine. Literally, it's a whole world of wine, which I find to be pretty fun personally. But it's called the Camille Rack red wine glass. It's like, it's big. It looked, she looked kind of like, like a bowl, right? It's like the best seller at Crate and Barrel because of Olivia Pope. It's canceled. Like they would have issues keeping it in stock when that show was on air because that just made sitting and drinking wine and reading people to filth, like the best thing on the planet. It was so good. It's like, oh, scandal's coming on. You get your popcorn, you get your wine. And like, we just live for that hour living our best lives. And I thought that that was so funny, but it definitely made me think now there's more of an influx of, or like an increase in black winemakers, black vineyards, black wine companies. Like we were talking about black liquor companies and, you know, whiskeys, rums, vodkas, all that kind of stuff. More and more black entrepreneurs are stepping their feet into this industry, which is still, and has always been very Eurocentric, very white dominated, right? And I'm loving that there are so many options, so many more options now for Black people to have these experiences. Like you said earlier about accessibility, being able to have, go to like a Black vineyard or a Black winery and have a tasting of wines that are made by Black winemakers and from vineyards that are coming from Black-owned wine vineyards. I am absolutely loving it. But I also found
found it interesting that there's only like 1% of farmers that are Black, right? Very small amount of farmers in the U.S. are Black, specifically. And I think I read this in an article that kind of posed the question, are the ties to slavery the reason why there aren't as many Black people in agriculture? Of course. Um, Of course. One, because think about like giving land and redlining and real estate. So we can all pretend like it's not even a thing, but we're going to call a duck a duck and redlining exists. Like it was so hard for Black people to actually acquire land. They will give you a house because a house isn't land, meaning you can own the house, meaning you own that structure. You don't own, you don't own the land. So at any given time, the city wants to take that land back. You have a choice, either sell your house or somehow uproot your whole entire house to go somewhere else. And most of the time people sell the house. Um, But also I can go on a whole entire conspiracy theorist on this. Uh, You know, like even thinking of like Black architecture, if we give them, if we give Black people the tools, let me rephrase, not if we, but if the powers that be give Black people the tools to actually create what we can create, oh, they know we'll take over because we don't need you because we're not depending on your food. We're not depending on your land. We're not depending on anything of you. So then now we have a self-sustaining culture. Yeah, like uh, Tulsa in Oklahoma. Yeah. And thinking about like what's going on now, I don't know audience how and Sunny D how in tune y'all are with everything that's going on, but Bill Gates is burning down farms like crazy. Like there are so many farmers that are getting their um, like livestock has been being killed at an enormous amount. Like it's a ridiculous amount of how many people are losing their farms, looking, losing their animals because what's happening is, you know, a lot of fake food is coming out. So all in that, I'm going to say random. So when you were talking about <laughs> Olivia Pope and this wine glass, my immediate thought went to, have you ever seen the show Brown Sugar? Or like, not the show, the movie Brown Sugar, like fell in love with hip hop. So, you know, Queen Latifah and I think his name was Most Death when Sanaya Lathan was um, talking about like, yeah, you know, I fell in love with hip hop on da 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 on the Angie Martinez show. But Most Death cracked me up because I was like, I wonder, is this a fun fact? And it, like, you know, the flute champagne glasses were modeled after the queen's boobs. And I was like, oh my gosh, see, everything goes back to sex. And like desires and things like that. So it's like these glasses are literally shaped all about her boobs. And I'm like, that is funny. And like, we're just drinking out these boobies. Like it ain't nothing. But I do agree with you of what you said of like how everybody got their glass, got their popcorn, and then thought like, oh, I'm an Olivia Pope. Don't you come for me. Don't you read me. Or Daddy Pope. When Daddy Pope did his monologues and you were just sitting there like, sip, 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 pause, go get some more wine, sip, sip. <laughs> but Olivia Pope did crack me up because she really had people thinking that you can survive off popcorn. Because sis never ate, ever. No, she never ate. It was literally wine and popcorn and, and that's it. Oh, that was such good TV back then. Oh my God. TGIT was the best. You just had to be there. I think I saw somebody posted a thread about remember when Scandal like was like the it show. Like, oh, what a time to be alive. (laughs) 
Oh man, Thursday nights were the best. Are you kidding me? But yeah, like I, that scene in Brown Sugar cracks, his character in general in that movie cracks me up. But that particular scene was so freaking funny to me. And it reminds me of, you know, like the, when people draw hearts, the animated hearts, that supposedly, this is going off on an unwind, non-wind related tangent, but it is representative of a woman bending over. So like they're little butts, right? They're little butts. That's what the heart is. It's a little butt. It is not in anatomically correct no we're not putting we're not dotting our eyes with you know anatomically correct hearts we're dotting our eyes with little asses and signing you know the letters we used to pass in school with little butts and the coke bottle it's always been a thing and men want a woman shaped like a coke bottle like be for real i mean nowadays that's very much a thing but people pay for that so whatever but yeah drinkware being reminiscent of female bodies is ugh, men are weird man i wonder what advice if you have any for people that are wanting to get into wine mind you y'all we are not connoisseurs okay we are not sommeliers which actually has an r in it if i'm not mistaken because it's french we don't know anything okay we just know what we like drink what tastes good and what will relax us and what is a vibe so we are in no way shape or form experts <laughs> or professional but if you had any advice for someone getting into wine where do you think is a good place for them to start i guess it depends on their age so i I guess I'll do like a newbie, like you're in your 20s. I would say, well, I guess it doesn't matter age. Eh, okay. I would say really start going to like your Italian restaurants and not your Olive Garden. Like, <laughs> I mean, like your Italian true Italiano restaurants and ask it at like when you order, really ask them like, hey, what wine would be great with this meal? You know, I mean, yes. <laughs> Um, but what wine will be, well, what wine will pair great with this meal? And then understand like the way wine has been curated is that it's supposed to complement your food. It doesn't go against your food. So if you're eating spaghetti and you're drinking a dessert wine, it's like kind of like going opposite directions with your palate, but understanding that, but also just start tasting stuff. If you see a cute bottle, get the bottle, drink it. If you don't like it, give it to your friends. You in college, somebody, somebody, your somebody will take it. Somebody will drink it. Or next time you go to a party, bring those bottles that you haven't opened or that you really don't like to the party. Somebody at the party gonna drink it. That's definitely good advice. In my opinion, I strongly encourage someone that is wanting to dip their toes in it to go to a wine tasting, whether that be go to a like a vineyard and do a wine tasting then now they have vineyards or wineries rather which isn't necessarily connected to the vineyard where the grapes actually grow but it's like a wine store right they have them at total wine you could do them at a lot of your spirit stores not the liquor store okay that's in the hood next to the church that's not what i'm talking about I'm talking about in the white areas where it's called wine and spirits you go there and they usually have a room in the back where they have tastings for a lot of the offerings that they have right so you can do places like that you you can also, if you go to restaurants, sometimes they'll have a wine flight. So you can do like a tasting at your like dinner or whatever. There's smaller little classes, but you kind of get like three or four options that you get to try and to see what's what. Also, if you're just going to go to, like Nakai said, go to a restaurant, you ask your waiter, assuming they know what they're talking about, because some of them are underage and they can't drink, so they don't know. But if they do, you can ask them like, what's a, what's a, a customer favorite or what would pair well with such and such? A lot of the times, especially at Italian restaurants, they'll let you try it. They'll bring out a little sample, which is how I got into Lambrusco. Ooh, that's a good one. Got that at Maggiano's. They'll let you try it.
try it. If you're looking at a few different options and you're like, okay, these are the flavors that I like, kind of like something sweet, or I kind of don't want anything that's too sweet, which is what is considered dry, something that's not sweet. They're like, okay, I'll bring you a couple. You can sample them and see which one you like. A lot of the times they will do that when you go to a restaurant. So those I think are really good, helpful hints for wanting to stick your toes into the wine world is ask for sample, go to a tasting and see what tastes good to you. And then you can kind of go from there. I wouldn't go with the, the Merlots or the Caps. I think that's you have to grow into that. <laughs> you have to, your taste buds have to, it's like green tea. You know, when you have green tea for the first time and it's like, why do people drink this? Eventually you get used to it. You kind of grow into interesting flavors. Like the same thing. You got to grow into those types of wines. So start small, do a tasting, see what tastes good and then go from there. Well, thank you. Thank you. And y'all with that, we are going to move into Mama to Melanation. Moments of, Moments of Melanation is where we highlight a Black person doing their thing. Today for Moments of Melanation, we are highlighting. Okay, so speaking of Black people and wine and badassery, I don't know if you guys have noticed when you have gone into your stores to purchase your libation of choice that you see this bottle that says Black Girl Magic. You know what those are? Those are the McBride sisters. So I love this company. It's called the McBride Wine, Co- the McBride Sisters Wine Company. It's Black owned, it's woman owned, they're dope as hell. They have a collection of wines that are incredible. There's reds, there's whites, there's rosés. Um, I personally really like their Riesling, which is not as sweet as Moscato, but it's still on like the sweeter end a little bit, kind of in the middle. Um, I think they're great. So these two sisters, they are raised among the vines in Monterey, California. There's a, there's a lot of wineries in California. So they were right there in kind of like the midst of that culture, as well as down in New Zealand. One could say that the McBride sisters' path to winemaking was destiny at work. Like, you're right there. You see it. This is why we say representation matters, people, because when people, when children specifically can see something as normal, they can see themselves being in these spaces, existing in these spaces. It's not unfathomable to become whatever it is that they want to become. And this is kind of the case for these women. They grew up, they grew up around these wineries. They grew up in the vineyards. They kind of are familiar. This was their normal life. So them having this dope ass wine company really isn't a surprise to anyone, I don't think. So they were raised across the world from one another. They found each other. Robin and Andrea's love affair with wine was planted within them from a very early age, like I said. In 2005, the sisters found themselves together in California, fueled by a shared passion of all things wine, winemaking, and a desire to shake things up in the industry, right? So they formed the McBride Sisters Collection. Ta-da! That was born. So as the work began, so did their reality as two fierce female forward-thinking leaders in an industry historically defined by tradition and gender, but like countless groundbreaking women. Before them, these two sisters saw every obstacle as an opportunity to chart their own path rather than to follow the standard formula. So over time, they have grown into what is not only the largest Black-owned wine company in the U.S., but one of the most inclusive, accessible, and socially aware and sustainable, which a lot of their wines, if I'm not mistaken, have like corkscrews, or not corkscrews, um, whiskey tops, if I'm not mistaken. So 
that definitely leads to being accessible. You can find their products everywhere. They're at Target. I think you can find them at Walmart. I'll go to Walmart, but I think so. I can't remember. But they're everywhere, right? You can you can literally find them everywhere. The value shows up not only in the wines that they make, but in the facets of their company. Their signature McBride Sisters collection of wines is that are direct reflections of their youth with flavors designed for all palates. They actually now have a like a wine club. I just saw it the other day because I followed them on Instagram. They have a wine club now, which a lot of wineries do. You like, I think you pay like a monthly fee or whatever and you get like a box of six or something like that or whatever. They have like their wine club and stuff. So they can, you can subscribe to that and get this black old wine box, which I think is really dope. I don't know if you guys have tried any wines from their collection. If you have, if you have favorites, but I highly encourage you guys to check them out. We have a bunch of different links um, that we'll include in the blog from like cocktails that they can make with the wines to like their wines are great for sangrias making a sangria with all the fruits and stuff and the juices so so good so we just wanted to give a shout out to them they're one of i think they are the first black owned wine company that i tried and when i saw it i mean i can't pass a bottle that says black girl magic be for real like i had to buy it so they have a whole section i think total wine has a whole section of like black owned wines like on their site that you can go and look at and it's one of the top ones that's there so we just wanted to give a shout out to these ladies for continuing to provide high quality experiences with their products and making it accessible for everybody that wants to indulge. Yeah, I really like them. One, because um, I love their mission and how like their mission is actually, it says like to be clear, to transform the industry, lead by example and cultivate community, one delicious glass of wine at a time. And I love that because I, we talked about this a little bit, well, we touched on it a little bit earlier of like, you know, so many more black owned wineries and companies are coming out. And I'm thinking like, it's beautiful that now they're, they're prop, they probably been out. It's just now social media has um, elevated and escalated. Is that the right word? Maybe we'll see their platforms and un- letting us know like where to find them, where to go. Because before social media, it was kind of like a word of mouth, like, you know, oh, this person has a new wine, you know, but there was nothing that will show us like, what are the top black wineries? And if I go to one for one person and I follow on social media, she tops that in every state. So that's the thing of like, just that, what's the word I'm looking for? Exposure. Exposure. So I'm happy that they're now getting that exposure because that's really good. And plus y'all, if y'all haven't went to their website, they have this this bottle of wine that I just want the bottle. Like I'm, a, I probably will pay like $60, $70 just for the bottle. It's so beautiful. Has this, um, it's called McBride Sisters Collection Reserve. It's their 2021. And I like it because it's like, you cocky motherfucker. Um, And I'm not cursing. That's exactly what it says on the bottle. (laughs) I'm reading. But all in all, that is something that I would pay $70 for because I just love the bottle. I may not drink it, but I really love the bottle. But so exciting just to hear about them and know their story because so many of us will be like, yay, black on, let's go. And we don't know their story. And um, PSA, PSA, a lot of these companies out here say they're black owned, but they're not. They may have a quote unquote black employee, but they're not black owned. So please be aware that the black dollar circulates really, really fast and every single person or black founded. Yeah. Um, and every single person wants our money because they know, unfortunately, that the black dollar circulates so fast that it doesn't stay in our own community. So with that being said, please do your research. And if it's black owned, make sure or black founded, make sure it really is a black 
black person and not just the POC that's white and say I have like 2% of black in me. So I'm black because they be out here. They be lurking the vultures. True story. I also wanted to shout out for all of us that are going to be outside this summer, but not really because it's hot in Texas, but for your cookouts, your barbecues and all the things, they actually have a canned wine collection also. It's called She Can and it's related to She Can Professional Development Fund, which um, which is inspired by endless pursuit of all women who are making their dreams a reality and breaking barriers. I love it. These cans are so, they're so cute. They're really fun. So y'all can just throw these in the cooler with the other beverages that y'all have and the juice pouches for the kids and just live your best life at the park or whatever else you want to do this summer. So you guys can cop those as well. And they're fruity and citrusy and oh, they look so great. I'm loving that. And y'all, please, please, please go out and support, support, support. And with that, we are going to wrap up this episode with an affirmation. And today's affirmation is I can do hard things, but hell, wine helps by unknown. And with that, we want to say thank you for listening to this episode this week. We drop every Wednesday. You can catch us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Amazon, Google Podcasts, all of naysays at where'smyblueprintpod.com. And again, we like we said earlier, we have a newsletter dropping. So go ahead, either um, follow that link or that post on our, on our IG page to go ahead and log in. But it's also on that link tree that Sunny D told y'all earlier. All right, with that, we are over and out. Peace out.